Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Today, I want to talk to you about behavior. We all struggle with some form of behavior that is just a side effect of having a child. But when you have a child with anxiety or OCD, we have even more difficult behaviors at times because fear and overwhelm can create a lot of difficult behaviors. It can create meltdowns. It can create opposition. It can create whininess and crying. Just so many behaviors that are really draining. So I have invited my friend Dana over from Lemon Lime Adventures and Calm the Chaos program to talk to us about what behavior could actually be telling us about our kids. I often talk about behavior is communication, and she does too. And so we have a great conversation about what can these behaviors be telling us and how do we work on them in a productive way when the behaviors are so ugly, they don't really elicit this warm, fuzzy response from us, but sometimes that's exactly what our kids need. So she is currently doing a calm the chaos workshop this week. And that is why I invited her over to the podcast this week, because I also wanted her to talk about her calm the chaos workshop and her calm the chaos program. So her free calm the chaos workshop is a four part video series. There's like one video being released every few days for the next week. And it gives you an introduction and some big tips from her main program, the Calm the Chaos program as well. So even if you just want to get her takeaway tips that are immediate and you can work on right away, it is definitely worth watching her videos and taking her free workshop. And you can sign up for that. It's not too late. Her first video was released last week, but her second video came out today. So this is Monday. I'm recording it on Monday. So it came out today on Monday, unless you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's already been out and it talks about how to reset your kids. And I talk a lot about resetting. So this really resonates with me. Her approaches really resonate with me because they are often counterintuitive, but really effective. So you can sign up. It's not too late because when you register, you get access to the first video and then the second video, and then you are on the list to be able to access the third and the fourth one. So if you want to just sign up, you can go to bit.ly slash calm the chaos. That is www.bit.ly slash capital C and calm the chaos. If that is too confusing, you can just text me at 44222 and just write calm the chaos, all one word, and I'll text you the link. You don't have to worry about it. Okay. Well, without further ado, here is my conversation with Dana. All right. Well, I want to welcome Dana to the show the second time around. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for having me. I absolutely adore you as I was just talking about before we started. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And I was just saying to the Facebook study group that I just created um, that whenever you create Calm the Chaos Workshop or whenever you release it again, it, it just brings my awareness of parenting up again. And so I wanted to have you come on and talk about behavior and talk about how we look at and view behavior. So I thought we could just jump right in and get all talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah, you always shift my perspective 
And even though I know these things intellectually, I just feel like every time I talk to you or I, you know, take one of your workshops, it brings my awareness up again. So a lot of us, a lot of people in my audience, we have kids with anxiety or OCD, or they're not neurotypical. And they, they come with some really ugly behavior, really difficult behavior. So I thought we could start off simply like, what, what can behavior be telling us besides just, I'm a little stinker? <laughs> um, that's, that's exactly what it feels like it's telling us, right? Is that, um, I don't like you. You're not a good parent. I'm a little stinker. Um, I don't care about your rules. Um, it's my way or the highway. Like, you know, our, we, we, we make all of these assumptions about what the behavior is telling us. Um, but what it really could be telling us is so many different things. And what I've learned after working with so many parents, especially since our last release of Calm the Chaos um, and, and working intimately with so many parents, is that the, the behaviors can kind of be categorized into five categories. So I like to categorize them into the aggressive behaviors. So those are the hitting, the kicking, um, you know, the biting, the yelling, I hate you, all of those sorts of things. Um, something that's destructive to themselves or to others. Then you've got the behaviors that are seen to other people as defiant. So this is the refusing to do something, the no's, the, um, the not getting readies, the, um, the you know, People will say deliberately going against your will, those kind of things. Um, and, you know, the third behavior category would be those oversensitive. So you'll see that a lot. Um, that's the classic anxiety behavior, right, of um, hiding behind your leg, crying over the smallest thing, those kind of things. Um, and then you got that hyper behavior, just constantly touching, constantly moving, not sitting still, can't focus, can't do um, any of the things you're asking them to do because they are doing their own thing. Um, and then the... the um, distracted, which is like, you're just constantly repeating yourself because they, you, they go to do something and then they don't finish it. Um, or they're losing their things, those kinds of things. So each of those behavior categories are going to point to something different under the surface. And, um, in our first video, we talk a lot about the iceberg theory and it's not a new theory. A lot of people talk about it. I know you talk about how behavior is communication. Um, but it's really looking under the surface and saying, okay, what could this be? And inside our program, we're not going to go deep into it now in the workshop, but in our full program, we talk about something called the behavior funnel. And it's something that I've been able to figure out after working with all of these different parents and in my own life and um, from working with students when I was in the classroom is um, you can break this down to like six reasons. The very first one is basic needs, right? Are they hungry? Are they tired? Um, do they feel safe? Do they feel secure? Uh, do they have a roof over their heads? And our children who have a roof over their heads and do come from a good home can still not feel safe, especially if they're the ones that are always getting in trouble, especially if they don't feel like other people want them around. Um, so a lot of the behavior we see can be coming from that. Um, the next phase, if that's not the case, if they are fed, if they aren't um, if they aren't tired and, and all of those things. And that's where you might put things that are neurological differences, or you might put, um, you might put a, an eating, you know, uh, eating difficulties or food sensitivities. Uh, cause people always ask me that about the natural part of things and, you know, gut health and all that. I'd put that right up there with basic needs. Mm -hmm. So all that needs to be checked first. Um, and then from there, the most important thing from there is connection. And does, does your child feel connected? And so the kid who's yelling, I hate you, could be saying, 
I don't feel like you hear me. Or the kid that's running away from you could say, I don't think you can help me. Um, the kid that's crying at the drop of a hat could be saying, um, I-, I need help, but I don't know how to ask for it. And so we kind of have to be the interpreter as the adults. Um, and I could go into all the others, but those are the two main ones that we start with. Um, and you know, then we go from there, it goes into looking at sensory, um, looking at avoidance, which could be the anxiety piece, looking at their desires. What are the things they're wanting to do? So all of those things kind of go into play, um, into the behavior. I think that's really helpful to like take a step back and play detective. And when you see your child's behavior, instead of personalizing, which I know is so hard to do, um, look at it from more of a detective standpoint and say, like, what is, what is this trying to tell me about my child? And, and then what do you do from there? So they have really, you know, ugly behavior. And, and how do you help them when it's kind of upsetting you and you don't know how to respond parentally? Um, so... This is kind of like a twofold, like a double-edged sword, right? Um, In the moment, there's really not a whole lot you can do if you haven't done any prep work ahead of time. And that sounds like hopeless. That sounds like, oh, great. Now there's nothing I can do. Except for that, if you're listening to this and you know that your child has difficult behaviors, then you've got time before the next time the difficult behavior happens. So from the moment you hear this message until that next thing, uh, the next behavior occurs, the next hitting or spitting or whatever, you can start doing some prep work ahead of time. You can start looking at the behavior and recognizing all of the behavior you've seen up to this point as a cry for help. And then you can start with that connection piece and you can start building up those positive interactions with your kid. And that will open the door to be able to communicate with them and teach them a skill or a strategy that they can use and you can use in the moment. Uh, we like to talk about something, we'll get into this in the workshop, but um, I like to teach my students a one, one, one strategy. So this is one phrase one tool, and one thing you can do. So it's something you can say, something you can do, and something you can provide in the moment. Uh, because having the plan ahead of time, um, we all you talk, you, you talk and teach about fight, flight, or freeze all the time. Um, and so it's so important even for the grown-ups to have something that they don't have to think about in the moment. So they already have the phrase they're going to use. They already have the tool they're going to use, and they already know what they're going to provide for their child. And that way, when it happens, it's just a matter of deploying the plan. And then afterwards saying, well, that didn't go so well. What could we tweak for next time? And then remaking the plan with the kid again. Does that make sense? I know this is super general. Um, It's kind of like broad strokes because I don't. It's I don't believe that there's a one size fits all, Um, and so this is the easiest way to describe it in like a general term. Yeah, but it does make sense because I think it's one. It's a mind shift of looking at behavior as it's not about you. You know, it's something something's not okay with your child. What is it? You know, and so taking it more from an intellectual standpoint, getting detached emotionally connected, but you know, detached. And then I like the proactive aspect of it in general. I don't think a lot of us think about building that connection and coming up with a plan so that when it does happen, we feel like, oh, we've got this, you know, we, we have a plan in place and then kind of regrouping, I think is really important. I know with my daughter who's seven, 
Now, so in September, when you're doing Calm the Chaos, it was all about my son. And now it's all about my seven-year-old who is like just giving me a run for the money. So this is a really good opportunity for me to bring back my awareness. But when she is having a difficult time, normally she's anxious. Normally her stomach hurts, um, but she's flailing and she's saying, I hate you. This is the worst family ever. I want to disown my family. I don't even know where she gets these words. Um, And when I say to her, do you need a hug? (laughs) Which every fiber of my body does not want to hug her, does not feel like she needs a hug. I'm always shocked. I'm still shocked when she goes, yeah. And then I hug her and then she's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just feels so counterintuitive, but it's what you teach and it's what I follow. And for her, that just works beautifully. It doesn't work for my nine-year-old because he's prickly, but for her, like that's our plan. When she's not okay, I give her a hug and then it, it resets her. And then I say, you can say all these things and I still love you. You know, they're just words. What I love, what I love about what you just described is you described this plan that works for her and you said, it doesn't work for my nine-year-old. And that is the key is that even, it's not even just that we try to use these one size fits all solutions from parenting books and from all of the experts is that we also then try to apply it to all of our children as if all of our children are the same. Um, and And I love that you've already identified that the plan you have for your son is going to be different than the plan you have for your daughter. And you're recognizing that. And that is so powerful. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes where some parents hit a struggle is they will find a technique or an approach that works for one kid. And then they get really frustrated when it doesn't work for their other kids. And then they kind of throw throw it all away. And they're just like, well, forget it. Nothing works for him. He's too difficult. We put it on them. You know, he's just too difficult. When instead it's like, well, what does that child need? Like all three of my kids, and I'm sure yours too, are like so uniquely different. And how I approach them and how I connect with them is with, with some, it's harder than others. You know, one child's super hard to connect with and then the other one's super easy to connect with. Um, but it's just finding that door and trying yeah. to get in. And it, it reminds me of just the other day in my household, you know, I have three kiddos and um, my older ones are 11 and 13 and my oldest is the one that's twice exceptional. So he's autistic, he has ADHD tendencies and he has sensory processing disorder, but he also is highly intelligent. So um, he is gifted and can prog- um, like problem solve and logic things out when he's not in fight, flight or freeze. Um, so, and then my daughter's five. Well, we've been having some like electronic issues in the house. Like, I don't know how many of your listeners are probably having electronic issues, but it's been becoming a problem. And in our house, we have, a the way that we deal with things is we'll bring it up and we'll say, Hey guys, so we're noticing that electronics turnoff time is becoming a problem. And we think that we should talk about it as a family during family huddle. What do you guys think? And they say, yeah, it's a problem. And then we will talk about it. So we'll go through our whole family huddle and we created this elaborate plan of if it's 15 minutes, if we have 20 minutes left, we can say and do this. If we only have five minutes left, we can say and do this. And this is what we'll say to our friends if it's time to turn off and it's time to leave. So we came up with this plan, works beautifully for my five-year-old and works beautifully for my 11-year-old. My 13-year-old could recite it back. He could tell me he came up with it. He did all the things that like are, you know, best practice. In the moment, though, his impulse control is really difficult. Like, it's re- he really struggles with that impulse control no matter how much we prep him. And so we practiced a couple of times, and then we let him off onto electronics, and he still couldn't turn it off. And so instead of battling with him, we had to do a totally different plan with him. And I said, all right, 
we're going to actually have to practice and learn and and really hone in on this impulse control thing and the motivation to get off um, because just having a plan is not enough for you. And he agreed. He was like, when I'm in it, I just get sucked in and it doesn't matter how much of a plan we create. And so it's being able to see that you can create this plan, but then not throwing it away for the other kids and then saying, oh, this one needs a tweak. This one needs a little bit of a, of a turn. And then, then it's going to be right. Yeah. And I love his awareness that he's able to say that he, he can't control it in the moment. Like that's, yeah, such, and that's, that's such a big piece of our framework too, is it's so often it's about teaching parents and the grownups different strategies and different tools. Um, and then we go and implement these on our kids. And the difference with the Calm the Chaos framework is that it's First, you learn it just so that you have the background knowledge, but it is about doing it with the kids. It's about empowering them so that they have that self-awareness, that self-advocacy. They can say, like we have students who will be at a family function and their kids will come up and they will say, my body can't handle this. It's really loud. Can we go somewhere Um, in another room so that I can calm down before we come back. And then they'll go and do their plan and come back and then have a great um, rest of the time at a a public event. And, And so I think that's a really key piece is empowering them. It is. And I think people will come to your workshop and they'll take Calm the Chaos because they're frustrated and they're overwhelmed and they want the behaviors to stop. But what they will leave with will be tools that they're actually giving their child for life. Because I think I totally agree with you and I have the same style. People come to me for anxiety and OCD and they want me to fix their kids um, out of desperation. But then what I do is I, very similar, I teach them how to teach their kids Mm -hmm. because it's all about giving our kids the tools. It's the partnership because they're going to be 20 and they're going to be dysregulated. Mm -hmm. They're going to be 25 and they're still going to have to get off the computer or, you know, the game or they're going to have anxiety. And if we can show them how to problem solve and work through it and articulate and connect the dots, then we're making really good human beings. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's it. And, and I love that about you. And I think that's why I connect with you so much is you do teach um, how to empower the kids and give the kids the language. And I think that that's so important. And I've had many of our students say, I'm learning things in the program that, or I'm teaching my child things that I am learning still at 40 is basically what they're saying. They're like, I wasn't taught this. I wasn't taught self-regulation. I wasn't taught how to recognize my thoughts. You know, mindfulness is a big topic in the world now. Um, but we weren't taught that growing up. And then we're not always taught that it just doesn't come easy. It's not a matter of just like, you know, for some some kids, if they're wired differently, it does make mindfulness practice harder for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just, it's really cool to watch that, that evolution of both the parents and the kids together. Yeah. And I think when you have that shift and you look at, this is a growing opportunity. I had a parent that I was working with this morning and she had posted actually in our forums and she had said, like, this is a class. Like we, we are in a class and we're learning as much as our children and we're learning lessons. Like I have evolved as a human being more in the last 15 years since being a mom than like my entire, I don't know what, 40 something plus years before that, probably less than that. So uh, yeah, I, and I like that about the framework. I think it's it's an evolutionary process where we're becoming better better parents, yes, mm-hmm. but we're also improving 
we're becoming better human beings and we're teaching yeah. our kids how to be better human beings, which is so awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm reminded of Janine, one of our students. She was a founding member. She's been with us for a long time. Um, and she said um, when she started the framework, she was ready to just literally get in her car and just drive off. Um, and it was a Christmas. It was a really bad Christmas. And basically, she felt like her kids were ungrateful and no one was listening. No one was following instructions. And, you know, it was just those big behaviors that brought her to me. And then over the course of the framework, she said that she's realized how to be a better communicator. So um, she said that that has made her a better wife, a better parent, a better, you know, friend, a better person. And, and she's just been able to carry that into life. And now her kids are better communicators with their friends and with, you know, grownups and with teachers. And she was like, that's a life skill for sure. Um, that you, you don't come into the program hoping to create, but then it, it ends up happening. Yeah. The side note is actually the biggest note, you know, Absolutely. of the whole thing. Yeah. So I know that this is just happening. Today is the first day of the workshop. Can you give people just those that don't know about it, a little synopsis of what they're going to learn in the Calm the Chaos workshop? Absolutely. So the workshop is just a little sneak peek um, into the first few steps in creating the family dynamic that you crave. And so what that means is we're going to show you in the first video, we um, kind of show you what's possible and what life can be like when you get control of the behaviors that are wreaking havoc on your life. Um, I share one thing that we use every single time when it's really difficult to remain calm. So it's like our, our go-to starting point. And it's some of the stuff we kind of started talking about right at the beginning of our chat today. In the second video, I actually share our first piece of the framework. And we share how to turn your child's struggles, the things that are, you know, bothering you the most, making you pull out your hair the most, keeping you up late at night the most, um, how those are actually the one thing that's going to get your kid on board. So how to flop those into superpowers is what we call them in our program. And so we walk through the step-by-step process of turning your kid's struggles into superpowers. Um, and then in the final video, we actually are going to just pull back the curtain and show you every step of the Calm the Chaos framework um, and the steps that it takes to go from surviving every day to thriving and having that relationship with your kids that you really want. And whether you, you know, go on to join our program or not, the, the kind of open door showing everything and showing all of the steps is enough to take and go forward and go put it together yourself. Yeah, I think there's takeaways for every video. So it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely worth signing up for. So I will leave a link below and people can register because it, awesome. today is the first video and I don't want anyone to miss that. And I also created a private Facebook group for us to have a study where I can go in. And um, I did this in September when you had the workshop and I set up challenges for every video. Um, And maybe I'll add prizes this time just to make it fun. So I will leave a link for people to join my study group as well so that we can do the videos and um, share our ahas and um, make the most of all the little nuggets that you're giving all of us. Awesome. Well, I'll make it fun and I'll add in my Super Kids Activity Guide um, as a prize that you can give away. Awesome. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you so much. I know you need to go. You're busy. Today's the first day of your workshop. So thank you for taking the time to come and talk to us. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Like I said, I could talk to you all day long. Um, I absolutely adore you and your community and what you're doing in the world. So thank you.
Well, I hope you found that helpful and hopefully you'll take the workshop with me. I am taking it along with everybody else. Um, I did create a private Facebook group. That's just a pop-up study group for the workshop. Um, I am going to be doing Facebook lives after every video that she releases and just talking about my own experiences, my own aha moments. And, you know, cause I love challenges and prizes. I'm going to be setting up a challenge after each video when I do my Facebook live and you can participate and observe certain things that I will make a challenge and the best ahas will get some prizes. So please join me over there. I will leave a link in the show notes for the Facebook group. If you want to join us, it is just during this time. So if you're listening to this and it is not March and today is March 11th and it is like June, it's not happening anymore. (laughs) So this is just a very short period of time. So if you're enjoying this podcast, there is a very easy way to give back. If you can hit a star on iTunes, that's like right below the name of the podcast. That really helps other people know that this is a, a podcast worth listening to. If you have a little extra time and you are willing to leave a review about how you're enjoying this podcast, I greatly appreciate that. I appreciate it so much that I try to end every single podcast episode with a shout out to those people who bother leaving reviews by showing my gratitude and reading them. So I want to read a couple today. Um, thank you to ERH. And they wrote, great content, very real and practical, has really helped bring me out of the feelings of isolation that parenting children with mental health challenges brings. So true. And Sassy Mama wrote, thank you, thank you, I needed this help. And La Mefford wrote, so thankful for Natasha and her insight into children with anxiety and OCD. With her background as a therapist, she brings in the knowledge of helping define the struggles we have with our kids and what to practically do but she does it with the heart of a mom who understands the daily grind of parenting these unique kids. So thank you for those reviews. I really appreciate it. And if you have something to share, leave it in the reviews and maybe I'll be reading your review next time. So I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do and I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. When I first discovered Natasha, I was in a desperate place with my son and his anxiety was getting worse and we had tried counseling and it was not going well. Natasha gave us practical tools. She wasn't like the books that we had read that were, you know, you have three kids, but somehow you can magically spend 10 hours a day on your one anxious kid and just, you know, life is great for the other two. She's helped me understand OCD on a level that no therapist I have come across seems to understand. Natasha had practical real life advice that we started implementing the day that we listened to them. Not only did it help with our son's anxiety, it helped my husband and I to recognize um, the anxiety that we had in our parenting that was actually contributing to our children's anxiety. Her tools are, I mean, life-changing. She has been amazing, and I'm so thankful for the work that she provides to all of us who have children um, who battle anxiety and OCD. It is so exciting to see him about a year later just thriving in school. She really has guided us the whole way, and without her, our lives would be very different. very grateful. My husband and I are forever grateful to Natasha Daniels for helping us to figure out where to even start with anxiety. If you have a child with anxiety or OCD, she is your go-to woman. 
Parenting a child with anxiety is not easy, and sometimes it feels hopeless. And um, in a desperate time in my journey with my son, I started searching the internet and found Natasha Daniels. She has been a lifesaver. Her resources have given me hope. They've given me tools and support, and I I highly recommend her and her resources. They are phenomenal, and they're some of the best resources you can find out there for anxiety and OCD. Hi, my name is Natasha Daniels, and I understand what it's like to raise kids with anxiety and OCD. I'm doing it every single day. And I also know what it feels like to empower them, to give them the skills and tools to help themselves, to watch them blossom, face their fears, and become more than their anxiety and more than their OCD. And I want to do that for you as well. Join me in the AT Parenting Community where I partner with you and walk alongside you in your journey, helping you getting to know your family and your child's particular needs and particular struggles. I'll help guide you and walk you through ways to empower your own kids and see success in your house. You will finally have someone in your corner who not only has the understanding of your struggle, but has the expertise and knowledge to help get you through it. You can find out more about the AT Parenting Community at atparentingcommunity.com or you can text all one word AT Parenting Community to 44222. Together we can do this. She's really good and I hope I'll be like her. I have had OCD for over five years. I have trained my brain and you can do the same thing.